Welcome to Fuzzy Memories, the podcast that celebrates the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. I'm Heath. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And today we're going to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the year 1982. Hey, everybody. Hey, we're back. We're back. Hello. Hi, he. Hi, Erin. Hey. We have two really important things to check in on. Okay. And these, it's just random. Okay. I'm just going to go in the order that you're sitting by me, but oh, okay. he ran a half marathon since we've last been here. Yes. You got an award. Okay. These, I, I don't, <laughs> I have nothing to be clear, but I, I really think both of these deserve a check-in. You know, I was going to ask you how, you know how like some people when they run marathons, that's their entire personality. Yeah. Okay. You're so but yet, about yeah, it. you've known Heath for a few years now, and we just found out like a few weeks ago that he runs half marathons. Yeah. And you were aghast. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I had so many follow-up questions. Yeah. Yeah. So how was it, Heath? Tell yes. us all about it. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, uh, I did all right. You know, I didn't win. I didn't lose. Well. <laughs> <laughs> What is what is losing in a in a half marathon? Like I think that? you're know, coming in last is oh, what okay. I would say. Yeah. yeah, and someone had to, and for that person, I'm sorry. Well, but it someone, wasn't you, though. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't me. Someone had to finish last. Mm-hmm. But I did, and I I think I said this. I don't think I said it when we were recording, but my motivation for doing this is just that uh, I remind myself that uh, uh, people I went to high school with can't, <laughs> and I can. Which was such a pure motivation. <laughs> I, so relatable. relatable. So relatable. If anything yes. was going to get me to run, it might have been that. It might have been, uh-huh. yeah. been that. Yeah. I will say, though, that someone I went to high school with did run it, though, oh. <laughs> I saw on social media, but I finished first. Yeah. <laughs> That's so right. it. School mate. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going, but I was here for I it. I didn't either. <laughs> it, was it packed? Because they said they had a bunch of turnout because uh, one in Minnesota or something got... Yeah, there was a yeah, there was a Canceled. lot. There was a lot of people, and the way the route was set up this year, usually the route the roads are wider, so you get to spread out a little bit more. So about the first mile or so was very you were very much packed in there oh, with God. strangers. So see, that's when you trip and you fall and you break your jaw. That's no good. <laughs> and, then, and then it was early in the day. I hadn't eaten much, so I might have been able to go to the hospital. Nope, nope. It was early in the day for me, and I had eaten. So nope. Uh, yeah. You know, last time we recorded, um, you said that your tits had blown off uh-huh. at the Beyonce show and they mm-hmm. were still in Kansas City, which is good because I hear that tits can get rubbed off in yes. half marathons. Yes. Are you still here now? Are they are they returned? Are they safe? They're safe. Okay, yes. good. <laughs> good. But that's real. Like if you wear the wrong shirt yeah. to run a long race like that, like that's it's a problem for weeks. <laughs> I've seen people with like really? blood yeah. just down their shirt. Yeah. What would be the right shirt? Uh, anything that doesn't have any like a cotton, anything that doesn't have um like a decal or something on the front, because if there's you know if there's oh. like lettering or like something that will rub oh. weird, because you're kind of bouncing the whole time. Yeah. You know? Um, I I made that mistake once. I bought a shirt to wear for a race oh, and I had no. not worn it before, and yeah, and it um, it was a little bit like. It kind of had a, a fiberglass feel, <gasps> like on like my chest and my sides and my stomach. You know, like it's just this where the shirt moved all the time. So I don't have that shirt anymore. I hope you burned the shit out oh of that God. shirt. <laughs> I'm horrified. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's yeah. such a, a a visceral image. Ah, yeah. I just like I picture so much cross hatching yeah. all yeah. over his body. Just, uh-huh. just and, and you know, like you're, I'm, like, I'm like halfway through this race, and I realize this is a problem. Oh, Things aren't going well. <laughs> and at that point, what do yeah. you do? You just have to keep going. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, your other option is to, you know, take your shirt off, and you know, like, like you know, topless running is not really my jam. Yeah, you know, so for part of it, I just kind of tried to pull it away from me. <laughs> oh, but then you're focused on <laughs> right. that as you run, and you can't really run with like your arms out, nope. like you know, that. So yeah. So we got an insight into Heath Smith that wow. was very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't, I mean, I, I beat a classmate from high school. Yes. I, I beat a coworker who's <gasps> considerably younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> I beat my massage therapist. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. This is success. That yeah. is success. Yes. That's what, that's what, maybe I did win. You know yeah. what, you guys, maybe yeah. I did you win. Did I talked win. myself. You won. You won. <laughs> 
I would say Winner. that one sounds like it's done. I think you're winning. <laughs> exactly. You can take exactly. all that. Yeah. In other great news, we got the wonderful honor and pleasure of watching you receive an award on this past weekend from the Des Moines Public Library. Mm-hmm. Was it was it author of the century? Is that what yes. it was? Yes. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, think so. I mean, I don't think that's what they named it, but it obviously was. Uh-huh. That right? was implied. That was implied. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great because you guys were there and a bunch of our friends were there. Your husband moderated the Q&A with mm-hmm. Andrew Sean Greer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a fun night. It was a great night. And usually I'm um, racked with panic mm-hmm. leading up to anything like that. I even did a check-in earlier. You did. In the day I was just like, I hope she's all right. <laughs> Do we have a runner? <laughs> Another kind of runner? <laughs> a runaway bride situation. Right. That would have been pretty good. someone going to have to go out there and accept yeah. this award on your behalf? <laughs> I did offer if you needed me to create a scene. <laughs> yeah. If you froze, that we mm-hmm. could just all yell something and run out. Yeah, because there was, you know, I had to make remarks. Yes. At, uh, you know, after getting the award. And yeah, there was a, a little bit of nervous there. But y- usually, like, when I'm speaking in public for the first five minutes, I can't quite catch my breath. Right. And that makes me so much more stressed and yes. panicky. Mm-hmm. But this time around, I didn't have that. And it was wonderful. It was like, is this how other people feel? This is great. It, it was. You were in your element. I felt like mm-hmm. it nailed it. It was, was great perfection. Well, it was good. It was fun. But then it also leads to my unmitigated gall. Oh, good. Oh, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Which is auctioneers. <laughs> <laughs> Those rat bastards. So yes. <laughs> so listen, auctioneers. They probably have a role and a time and a place. Probably at a farm. I think we learned that. Yeah, we learned that. Or, you know, like really um, fancy hoity-toity auctioneers at like Sotheby's and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, right? Yeah. However, the time and the place is not an event for a public library fundraising situation. And And I might add not at the end. (laughs) Not at the end of the night when we are all like, let's get the hell out of here. And these two guys come up with way too much energy. (laughs) And... and listen, they were trying to raise money for the library. Great. They were auctioning off a few different things. But it was like, this is not this is not appropriate for this time and place. And we were sitting so far up front that it was so loud and so abrasive. And I think all of us just sort of sank down in our seats. Like, mm-hmm. we want to disappear. Mm-hmm. And we want this to never have happened. Yes. Anything to add about auctioneers? Since you experienced it with me, you probably have some gall about that, too. Well, I know the one guy uh, was, he mentioned how much weight he'd lost. And I was just like, I'm not sure we care. I mean, good for you, I guess. But like, what does that have to do with what's going on now? And what was the deal with your your paddle? Uh, The paddles were book covers, right? Yes. (laughs) And Amy's paddle had Nick Nolte's biography. That was the book cover. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They gave each of us paddles when we checked in Mm -hmm. for this auction, which... I didn't realize at the time because we were just like paddles, great for fanning because yeah. it was fucking hot in here, uh-huh. great. Yeah. Yes, and then we realized they were for a purpose, and it was for an abomination of a purpose. <laughs> and all of them had covers of books by people connected to Iowa because mm-hmm. Nick Nolte was a keynote speaker at this like a while ago. Oh. He was. Yeah. Can you imagine going to that event? I that would have been interesting <laughs> yeah. to watch. Yeah. I would have liked Michael to do the Q and A with oh, him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked his book cover to be his mugshot. That was pretty yeah. epic. <laughs> yeah, that'd sell more copies. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, unmitigated gall of auctioneers to come and try and take over an event that had a, 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 a theme and a mood and a you know mm-hmm. chill and then just fuck it all up. Yep. Yeah. So I've never seen someone read a room so wrong. So wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Thankfully, of, we all went out for a drink after to get it out of our system. And, and what, like, one of our friends just left. Yes. <laughs> just left the event. Was just like, he's like, this took a turn and left the room. We never saw him again. And I respected that. I respected that. <laughs> and gathered his stuff. And another one of our friends said she just felt pressure to raise her paddle. And she was like, am I going to am I gonna spend 2500 thing on this thing just to shut him up? And yeah. It's like, listen, that might be a price mm-hmm. or a might, to pay. Yeah, you might have to fall on the sword. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just generally, you know, the whole auctioneer thing, the yeah. fast talking, gross. But it when it's happening like, there. I felt like I was in the backseat of like my parents' car with this guy. And I was just like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, just, it felt like being cornered at a family uh-huh. Christmas or yes. something. Uh-huh. And being told, you know, about the Lord. Mm. And... <laughs> 
Listen, if that ever happens to you, anyone again, my advice is for you just to act like you've never heard of Jesus before oh, in your life. I like God it. Be, now, what's this? Yeah. Huh? What Tell me you, more. Who? How have Mary? I never heard of this before? Mary was his mom? What? Mary was a virgin? Joseph is dead. What? what? <laughs> so he was born in a barn? <laughs> Manger? Who's heard of such a thing? Uh-huh. I like it. That's that what I'll do next time. Yeah. yeah, that is good. What's your goal, Aaron? Uh, you know, it was just going to be lines in general, but oh. I, I narrowed it down into... <laughs> okay, okay. Really specifically this week, line cutters. I'm done with uh, it. Line cutters. Line I'm done. Cu- oh, people cutting in line. Cutting in line. Oh, okay. I thought we were going into cocaine. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Well... Yeah, that's a different show. Okay, all right. Yeah, we could, yeah that could be an unmitigated call at a okay. different time. But yeah, yeah no, specifically people who feel the need to cut in line. This this happened to me twice in the last couple of weeks, both at events for my children. Oh. Whereas we were standing outside of a door that we all had to go in to sit to watch a performance. The first one happened and I was in line. This person asked me, is this the line? Yep. And then proceeded to make their own line on the other side, also at the front of the door. So, like, just started an offshoot line. That's not how lines work. Mm -mm. No. So, at that point, as a human, you have a choice. (laughs) You either take a stand and say, that's not how lines work. And then you become that person in the line. Or you just accept it. Mm -hmm. I had just accepted it until at which point the doors opened and these lines merged. And I ended up right next to this person who clearly asked me in line, right? And he merged so hard into me that he was pushing into my back. And so I just stepped aside and let him go in. And I thought, the unmitigated Uh goal to start your own line, Mm -hmm. run into the back of me, and then get in before me. I can't do it. I don't understand. Titanic, sure. Cut in front of me. You're saving your life. I get it. Mm-hmm. A concert place where there's enough seat. What are you aiming for? Yeah. Are you wanting the very front row? And did why? He, did he think it was sold out? Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? It's a free concert. It's it's for a school. Like, what are we doing? There's going to be enough seating, sir. There's going to be. Have you not Barely watched not. people come in one minute before it starts and wait for it? Sit down. <laughs> like, it's fine. This feels like kind of the poster child of unmitigated gall. Mm-hmm. Just like a small experience, but we've all experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because if I started my own line and then had to rush into I yeah. would be a sweaty mess. I'd be like, this is wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. I don't know why I created this no, line. No, this guy's like Lance Armstrong with the, you know, the yeah. like, just the feeling of just, like, I'm, like, I know what I'm doing. Line? Nope, this yeah. is a line. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. I'll so, show you what a line is. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> The worst part is that then lots of people joined his line. Oh, man. So then there was just chaos. And I was like, there's clearly like they had it marked. Like that feels like it feels like that happens at airports all the time, all the time. And it drives me absolutely bad. And I know that I need to prepare myself for that. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't help. No. In the time. help. The way people behave at airports and oh on planes, God. like I'm ashamed for all of us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, and it's sometimes it's the, the like the flight attendants and the people that work with the airline too. Like it's just I don't know, man. Like just yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just and I know that you hate flying, yeah. in general. Right. But like, what do you think is the worst example of gall at the airport? I when we my husband and I went to Palm Springs last spring, uh-huh. and when we were flying back, we were at the Palm Springs airport in line waiting to check in. We were in a long line, right? Mm-hmm. You could see the airline we were flying. We flew Allegiant, you know. I I, I had my doubts. It turned out okay. <laughs> there was one Allegiant flight leaving that morning, and it was the one we were on. And these people <laughs> were in line behind us, these rich people, who just were panicking that they were going to miss the flight because they didn't think that the line was moving fast enough. And it's just like, you can look at the thing. Like, this is the only one. Like, they're not going to just take off with all of us still in line. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that's not mm-hmm. the way this is going to work. Mm-hmm. And so they went and they kept... They apparently had paid extra to be uh, in front of the line or to get some sort of preferential sign in. And so they kept people something. Yeah. <laughs> they kept what you can do. Like when you buy sure. the tickets, you pay like an extra 20 bucks and you're like, you know, you're going to go to the, the cordoned off line or whatever. But it like, why? Again, like just 
you're getting on the same plane. Yeah. You're going to land at the same time. But they went to everybody in line and they were like, are you, is this the preferred line? Is this the preferred line? They just kept asking people and then ended up getting, <laughs> getting their, working their way up towards the front of the line and got checked in first. And then when we went to the gate, like they were just sitting there. Like, it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> like You did all that and you're just, you're in the same place as us. That also feels a little bit like. I'm in the preferred line. Are right. you in the preferred line? Yeah. It's like yeah. there's a whole class system at the airport. Listen, I'm in the Allegiant preferred line. It's a real weird flex, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. That's very true. Lines and are the quickest way to see cracks in someone's mental oh stability. It's mm-hmm. the quickest way, and mm-hmm. in society. I, I'm trying not to be anxious in a line, and uh-huh. then adding that. But everyone else is. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Watching just, the spin outs is just so anxiety inducing. <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. That's true. What about you, Heath? What's um, your unmitigated goal? Uh, I think my unmitigated goal, I think, has got to be a young lady who uh, I was near um, towards the end of the race last week. Mm. We had about two miles left to go. You know, you're pretty tired at that point. Because uh-huh. at this point, you've run 11 right, miles. Right, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh huh. She would scream at other young women who were walking, and she'd just be like, we only got two miles. Come on. You can do it. And she would just yell at them and just almost bully them into running again. And it worked. I saw her do it several times. And these poor, you know, she would only do it to women. She would not say it if she passed a man who was walking. So, I mean, girl feminism. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's feminism. I don't think it is. But then they, the, you know, the women would do it, you know, and they would start running. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, if they're walking, maybe they're tired. Maybe maybe they hurt themselves. Yeah, maybe their yeah. knees hurt. Maybe their feet hurt. Like, I don't know. But she would just scream. And I was like, first of all, where are you getting that energy from, babe? Because I'm <laughs> I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah. So that That's, was, yeah. I bet you see a lot of gall at a marathon event or a running yeah. event just in general yeah people just weird personalities i don't wear headphones when i do these things it's because there's kind of a show you don't want to miss the show mm-hmm. there is there the mm-hmm. way people behave is kind of wild one of the other thing this is not unmitigated at all this was maybe a high point for me on the race oh. we were about i was about at mile 13 so i didn't have far to go like uh-huh. you know we were almost done and i <laughs> passed this guy who was listening to music on his phone and he was listening to the power of love by celine dion <laughs> to pump him up for yeah, the last like, one yeah that's a that's a that's a ballad i guess maybe if that's your thing like <laughs> but i just thought it was so great and i was just like i'm your lady <laughs> wait did he have headphones in it was no, that loud or he was just holding he it? was holding his phone oh my god just, oh, it was no. just like you do it you don't let societal norms stop you, you from listening to what you want to listen to. Wow. That's what wild. do you think if you had listened to music, what would be your song for crossing or getting that last mile? You know, the one to pump you up. Oh, you know, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's oh. a good one mm-hmm. to kind mm-hmm. of get you going at the end. There. I was thinking it was going to be the Christmas song for Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be. I'd yeah. like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe the yeah. circle of life. Oh. <laughs> Is that like an after race? That's a reward. Yeah. 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 I have to say that I have thought of that at least once a week since you said that, that you often think about, is this an okay time for Colors of the Wind? And I think about that once a week. And that's what I think of. Is this an okay time for Colors of the Wind? And your answer was yes, right? Like all of the time. Usually it absolutely is. Right. The list of times when it's not okay is much shorter than the list of times where it is okay. I agree. By the way, you had just said something like, first of all, and it reminded me that when we were at the event on Friday, <laughs> you were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that would, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. They would have been, been like, amazing. all right, that what's next? <laughs> that would have been a whole, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I should have done it. And I'm sorry I didn't. Mm-hmm. You'll get another award. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first of many. Yeah. I think based on your remarks, they're just going to say, let's just have her back next year. Yeah. We need an anchor in that group. You can do the auction next year. You can oh, ah, well, <laughs> your husband actually suggested the three of us do the auction next year. Oh, yeah. Like, yes. Did that raise money, though? Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> my mm-hmm. instinct would be, no, you don't want it. No. Put your paddle down. Stop it. 
Like, really, this isn't worth it. What are you doing? Haley, (laughs) (laughs) you're feeling pressure. Knock it off. Good times, everyone. Mm -hmm. It was good times. We had quite a few weeks Mm -hmm. between our last recording session. And now it's time to return to the 80s and 90s. Yes. Our weirdest decades. What year is it this year? This year? This day? This Lord's Day that we're recording, Aaron? (laughs) What year is it? 1982. Damn straight. What do you remember from 82? Absolutely (laughs) nothing. (laughs) I was one. So I was doing my thing. Although I have to say, in doing research for this episode, there were a lot of things that I felt as though I remembered. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, that was 82? Because I have a very vivid memory of talking about that or people's experience of that. I do feel like in the 80s, um, things sort of lasted longer because, you know, we didn't have the the culture right now where everything just – we have right. so much right. coming at us all the time. True. Yeah. So it felt like, yeah, there were longer discussions about things. I agree. But that's why my theme for today is endurance. Oh. Mm. All of mine are have to do with something that endured. Damn. Mm. I don't have a theme this week. Do you? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, the triumph of the human spirit. Mm. Wow. <laughs> just, you know, the triumph of human spirit. That's, just, that's my theme every day. As witnessed by <laughs> Colors of the Wind. <laughs> Okay, 1982. Uh, Who wants to go first? Keith, how about you? Yeah. I'd love to go first. Let's I, do it. So, 1982 was the year Michael Jackson's Thriller was released. Ooh, damn album. right it was. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yes, it, it was. It came out on November 29th, 1982, and it's still to this day the biggest selling album of all. Still time. is? Yeah. Whoa. It really still is? Yeah. That's wild. Sold more than 70 million units. And um, there were seven songs released as singles from the album. So, but let's talk about that title track of the album, mm. Thriller. Um, as the kids say, it's spooky season. It's a very <laughs> popular song this time of the year. <laughs> right, kids? You're all the kids listening? You're with me. Um, I first saw the video for this song on Friday Night Videos, a show that aired on, yeah. you guessed it, Friday Nights on NBC. <laughs> After the late show with David Letterman, it was on mm. pretty late. Uh, my brother had a friend stay over that night, and I was watching TV with them, and I'd never seen the show before. And I remember the first video they played was Uptown Girl by Billy yes, Joel. with Christy Brinkley. Yeah. And, and that's a perfectly fine song and video about a rich lady who likes to slum it with a non-rich. <laughs> and we can all relate to that in one way or another, you know? Yep. yep. Yeah. And then after after that, then they played the video for Thriller, and that shit fucked me up for a long, long yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> that was its own little horror movie. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, and you were what, like maybe six or seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fucking up time. So, for those of you who haven't seen the movie or seen the video, uh, Michael Jackson becomes a zombie and he dances with uh, zombies, and a girl gets chased into a haunted house. Vincent Price is there, mm-hmm. also pretty creepy. And before this, I didn't really know what zombies were. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, yes, I was uninitiated. I did not know they could dance. I did not know that some of them had hats on, and some of them didn't. <laughs> Um, and that they danced so well. Yes, and yeah. yeah, the coordinated was yeah. on point. You know, and for months after this, I slept with my light on in my <gasps> room. Like that's how much it it fucked me up. Wow, <laughs> like, I was just like, I don't know why I thought the lights were going to keep Zombie Michael Jackson from getting me, but clearly, you know, in the video there were lights. Like you yes. could see him. Yeah, it was kid logic. Yeah. Anyway, and my mom caught me with the lights on. Because, you know, she could see under the crack of the door from the hallway. So then I started shoving clothes underneath the crack of the door and kept it on. I was just like, you know what? I don't know why you're working in cahoots with zombie Michael Jackson, mom. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, you're not getting me, babe. (laughs) Why are you in cahoots? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That that video really scared me. uh, And made me scared of Michael Jackson for a long time, too. Which which, is the right reaction. That's the right right takeaway for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, anyone that can get all those scary creatures together mm-hmm. and get them to do a dance, yeah. you have to There's some question. dark magic yep. there. Yes. Yeah. It's almost culty. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah. I that's so interesting that you remember like mm-hmm. seeing that. I don't remember the first time, but I remember like this is something. That whole like build up when they're in the movie theater and uh-huh. the girl starts like yeah. That. And then the spoken word part yes. with Vincent Price is very creepy. Yeah. I still have not watched the whole thing like as an adult. I haven't watched it through again. Wow. Not because I'm well, maybe because I'm scared. <laughs> I just haven't just, I just was haven't, a scarring. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seeked it out. So. I had um I had like a, a Casio tape player around this time, like a kid's tape player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got the thriller cassette 
and that and like a virgin and i played them so much that i broke the tape player (laughs) (laughs) i love that that it got broken by thriller and like a virgin Mm -hmm. i didn't know what a virgin was but i liked it but Mm -hmm. yeah it's a good song Mm -hmm. how about you erin you know (laughs) the thing that endured for me from 1982 and really is still enduring was the Tylenol tragedy in oh. 1982. <laughs> yep, yep. Happened around September 29th. Seven people died because first started with a young girl who was sick, given Tylenol, died. Turns out it was cyanide because somebody oh. thought it was a great idea to open Tylenol packages and put in capsules of cyanide. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say it endured is because we ended up with tamper-proof packaging sure after did. this, mm-hmm. which... Mm-hmm. Good. I don't know why it took a cyanide poisoning for us to get there. Right. But what was the little girl sick with? No, it never really said oh, oh, right. what she was. She wasn't feeling well, is all I got. Oh, did she have the vapors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it consumption? What was it? It was the little girl from Exorcist. Oh, and they were like, ah, get her time at all. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You know what it probably was, honestly, since it was a little girl? It was probably like she was actually had like feelings and they were like, she's hysterical. Give her a Tylenol. And then they're like, see, she was a witch. She died. Yeah. <laughs> she died. She died. Nobody dies from Tylenol. It's then, always but something I re- with these little girls. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, for being one to still, I have vivid memories of that. Like, oh, you have to be careful. We need mm-hmm. to check the packaging of everything and make sure it's not been tampered with. It was like it opened up this whole idea that, you know. It was probably the basis for all the rumors later of like razor blades and Halloween candy mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that like, well, if you can put this in Tylenol, what can't you put in Halloween candy? I saw Shit it. to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I, I love that. I love that how people say that every year at Halloween. That yeah. People are doing like people won't even hand out a full size Snickers, right. but yeah, they're gonna take the time to put a razor blade in a fun size Milky Way. All right. I know. I saw a meme that was like, "Listen, drugs are too expensive. Right, no yeah. one's drugging yeah. your kids no. for free. No. Like it's not a thing. It's mm-hmm. not a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. Did they ever find out who? I do believe that they did find um, the guy. Yeah, was it Nancy Reagan? <laughs> It was Nancy Reagan. <laughs> yeah, it's a little known fact in a in a you werewolf. Mean the blowjob queen of Hollywood. Yes, yes, that one. That's the one. That's it. That's the Reagan. If you didn't listen to our last podcast, Broads and Books, there was an episode where we were talking about like celebrity memoirs or something, uh-huh. and Heath was a guest, and he brought the wonderful nugget <laughs> that Nancy Reagan was at one point known as the blowjob queen of Hollywood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was in the news recently, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, somebody, because somebody, it had something to do with Madonna and somebody. Oh, yeah. yes. Nancy Reagan had criticized Madonna about something way back in the day. And then yeah. people were like, well, you know, she's the blowjob queen yes. of Hollywood. And since it's the internet, the internet was like, don't slut shame Nancy Reagan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not what we take away from this. We yeah. take away the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was Nancy Reagan who mm-hmm. put cyanide in the title. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. It might have right. been Ronald and she took the fall for it. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, that sounds, sounds something he probably would do. having the, you know, the whoopsies, the mental <laughs> stuff already. Yeah, he forgot. <laughs> but then she started the say no to drugs campaign, so all was forgiven. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. exactly. Just say no. Yep. You she, don't even need the Tylenol. It no, could poison just you. Just say no. But that, I, it does make me think of all those people at that time that just had like, you know, man, I have a headache. But yeah. God, I don't want to die. So I don't want to die. Just suffer through. It's a trade-off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we have the packaging that I can't open to save my life mm-hmm. when I do have a headache. And I still just say, okay, I guess I, I'll just <laughs> live with it. <laughs> Maybe that's why you remember it, even when it happened when you were one. Yeah. Because it's resonated throughout mm-hmm. your life. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, uh, my first one is a little story about a guy named Michael Fagan who broke into Buckingham Palace twice. <gasps> In 1982. That was in 1982? 1982. Ooh. So the first time, he was drunk, and he climbed over the- (laughs) (laughs) And I think he's like in his early 30s. He has four kids at home, and he's drunk one night, (laughs) and he climbs over the fence of Buckingham Palace and makes his way up a drain pipe and onto the roof. He then removes his shoes and socks and enters the royal residence through an unlocked window and then wanders the palace and sat in some thrones while he was doing it. <laughs> he tried him out. 
And he drank some of Prince Charles's wine that was given as a gift for the birth of William. Oh, cool. So is this low-key the first insurrection? Yes. Because they just found chairs yep. to mm-hmm. sit in and put your feet up on yeah. people's desks? Because then, because he got away with it, he did it again. Oh. <laughs> on my birthday, July 9th, oh. 1982. Oh. So they never knew, the first time they never knew he was they there, like knew. he got in and out and they yeah. were just like. In fact, he set off some alarms, but security was like, oh, it's probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> probably so like like telling themselves well no one can break into Buckingham Palace so of course it's fine the alarms are not working or you knew what they thought of the royal family they were just like I don't know yeah they're like just let it happen (laughs) he does the second time July 9th he did the same thing and he made it to the queen's bedroom Mm. oh yeah we've all been there (laughs) (laughs) oh wait I'm thinking of Nancy Reagan (laughs) so the queen was sleeping and it took a while. Once she woke up, she called for security, and it took a while for security to come because probably they were just like, oh, this is a prank or something. <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, <laughs> she then like gave him a scotch while they were waiting. And yeah. apparently, like, and there was a Crown episode about this. I was going to say, yeah. there was a Crown episode. I don't know how much of that was accurate, like yeah. what they actually talked about, whatever, but they did catch him. And, but he, they never, he never went to jail or anything like that. They weren't sure, like, how to charge him because it was so unprecedented. So he just didn't get punished at all and in fact the next year he released a cover of god save the queen with a punk band called the bollocks brothers it's <laughs> a wild turn of it's events. a wild uh-huh. turn of events apparently he was sort of like almost a reality celebrity after that yeah i mean for sure if that would have right? happened like now like yeah. he would have gotten his own tv show out of yeah. that for sure yeah. absolutely so the 1982 version of that was to record a punk song uh-huh. yeah cool I also like to think that maybe that was just like his nice tribute to her. Like, cool, you didn't put me in jail. <laughs> so I did this cover for you. Well, if it was a cover of uh, the Sex Pistols song, it's not a nice song towards the Queen. So yeah, I'm not, not quite sure which one he well, sang. Well, I but... didn't. He's misguided on a few things. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, he might not have understood yeah. that it wasn't the best of tributes. <laughs> he was probably drunk while he yeah, did that, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I, I wow. found that a, a delightful story, also a bit of unmitigated gall. Too, I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. That's Bef- some- Before I saw that episode of The Crown, I did not know. I thought I didn't know it was real. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. And yeah. And I just happened upon it um, while doing some research for this. And then I sort of dug into it. I was like, this is such a bizarre, bizarre story. And the fact that, yeah, security was just like, it's probably fine. Did the security guards get fired? Did, was that anywhere? I don't know if they did, but they did like up their security after that. Because like, like, if oh. you take that long to get to the queen's bedroom, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that could have gone a lot worse. It could have gone so bad. Yeah. I mean, he was just a drunk dude just kind of seeing what he could get away with. If there was an actual person <laughs> with a murder weapon. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe they'd been called at the queen's bedroom before. And they were just like, I don't want to go. You maybe go. they were. You yeah, go, maybe Carl. that's it. Maybe go. she has a lot of night terrors. <laughs> yes. And they're like, yeah. this is just, it's just the thriller album again. <laughs> yep. It's the thriller album again. She saw the yeah. thriller video. Yeah. And she's, she's got like, the clothes yeah. stuffed right. under the door. Right. <laughs> she's got, yeah, she's got a nightgown or something shoved under the door so they can't see the light. Also, Michael Fagan, because he was interviewed multiple times after this, he did talk about how she was in her nightie when she came out of bed. I, was I, like, it was, that, that feels kind of gross to I bet it was say. real short. I bet yeah. it was a shorty. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked it if she had just been naked, just sleeping uh-huh. naked. Oh, and yeah. yeah. One of those nights where you just wait. <laughs> I don't know if this happens to anyone else. So, But I so- go to bed with pajamas on, sometimes wake up without them because uh-huh. I get hot in the night and yeah. I don't realize that I don't wake up fully enough to know, but then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I took So my in pajamas. your sleep, you take off your pajamas. Yes. And I will go to get out of bed in the morning and I'm like, oh. <laughs> so like that would be horrifying for me if that was one of the nights that, because it was July that I'm too hot and then I wake up and I'm like, well, <laughs> God damn it, Michael Fagan. <laughs> you got me again, Michael Fagan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really curious if that's a symptom of sleep apnea or something i don't know it ha- it happens more than it should wow yeah okay yeah sometimes just the shirt sometimes a shirt and pants yeah, yeah. wow okay i've tried different no. garments like layer like you know lighter gar- and, and i have it doesn't i don't know if it's hot or i get like i'm moving too much and then i'm like, this is inhibiting me <laughs> i don't know you need free movement <laughs> it won't be inhibited <laughs> yeah nocturnal disrobing <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some 
<laughs> like drug commercial. I think, I think we, you just got diagnosed. I yeah. think we diagnosed you. <laughs> do you suffer from nocturnal yeah. just, disrobing? Just don't take Tylenol for it. Just don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Cyanide. <sighs> Heath, oh. what about you? Oh, I have a uh, I have a TV show that I like to talk about. Ooh, Let's hear a, it. A TV show episode, actually, to be more specific. Oh, oh. Um, there's a show called uh, The Facts of Life. Maybe you've yes. heard of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which, also, in my notes, that's like it's one of the top ten TV theme songs in the history of the medium. It's it will come to me randomly, yeah. out yes. of nowhere. Yeah. And what I love about it is, as the the show is on nine seasons, and they like as time passed, they would like record like cooler versions of it like like with guitar and stuff like you know it would it would get like edgier you know mm. and i love that and you know um robin thick his mother gloria loring sang that song oh yeah. i didn't know that yeah and then he went on to sing a song about rape yeah mm. yeah good stuff do 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 that's the more you know i don't know <laughs> i didn't do that right <laughs> It sounds like in retrospect. So the Facts of Life didn't debut in 1982, but it did air that year. And for those of you that don't know, the Facts of Life is a sitcom that features four girls who attend Eastland Academy. Uh, that's a private school in Peekskill, New York. Mm. And I, by the way, I knew all this from memory. I did not have to look this up. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh-huh. That is yeah. Cool. yeah. And they learn uh, life lessons from the school dietitian slash mother figure, Mrs. Garrett. She's a school dietitian? Uh-huh. What? In the first season, she was like the house mom, like, you know, but yeah. then she got the second season, they kind of retooled it some. And so she was a school dietitian. <laughs> I mean, I think she was the lunch lady, I think is what it was, okay. but they didn't want to just call I her did lunch not know lady. That. I thought she was so, a house mom, yeah. Um, anyway, I bring up this particular television institution, which is in all capital letters. Oh my god. In my notes. Okay. Uh-huh. Because it aired a, a very special episode on February 2nd, 1982. A very special uh-huh. episode. The episode is named Starstruck and features Tootie as president of the local Jermaine Jackson fan club, which suggests that there is a national Jermaine Jackson fan club. Uh-huh, and that uh-huh. seems aspirational to me. It really does. <laughs> uh, and Tootie uh, won tickets to a Jermaine Jackson concert, which includes a meet and greet with the Jackson sibling who is not Michael or Janet or even Latoya. <laughs> <laughs> but it's on the same night as a fundraiser that Joe is organizing, and Tootie had already agreed to help at that fundraiser. Oh, no. What's she going to do? When she tries to get out of helping at the fundraiser, Mrs. Garrett lectures her about keeping commitments and some other bullshit that someone who just doesn't get Jermaine Jackson would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Tootie throws a fit and ends up going to the concert because fundraisers are for people who don't get Jermaine Jackson, apparently. Obviously. Mm-hmm. She pledges her love for Jermaine Jackson at the end of the episode, and he turns her down because he is one of the Jacksons that knows that it, that is a line you should not cross. <laughs> He's one of the Jacksons? He's the only one? There might be more. There might okay. be more. Okay. So my two takeaways here are this. Number one, I wonder how long they tried to get Michael Jackson to do this episode before they realized they had to settle for Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> and two, I mostly bring this up as a segue to another episode of the show that aired a few seasons later where the character of Blair was supposed to lose her virginity, but the actress who played her, Lisa Welcher, was so deeply into Christianity that she made them rewrite the show so that it was Natalie who lost her virginity, and the character of Blair doesn't even appear in the episode. Whoa! Like she was just like, say Blair's at the store. I don't know. And you know, what would Jesus do? You know, he'd get the hell out of town the minute a teen girl wants to cash in her V-card. That's what. <laughs> Tootie and Natalie showing the good side and the bad side of dealing with men. Those are the facts of life, people. Oh, my God. There's so much to unpack there. Mm -hmm. The fact that that was a very special episode (laughs) is interesting to me. Because my fuzzy memories. (laughs) (laughs) Trademark. Uh, (laughs) Feels as though very special episodes are supposed to have like a really, you know, like some sort of theme that you were supposed to garner from it. Like, yeah, like a life lesson. lesson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But maybe with facts of life, it's just all life lessons. So a very special episode is just. It's saying fuck the life lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And go for Jermaine Jackson. Yeah. I mean, I think too. I mean, I think the part where Tootie pitched a fit, I think there were tears involved. So maybe it was like, you know, a Kim uh, Field showcase, as they might say. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was her Emmy reel. After yeah. That. Uh-huh. <laughs> and okay. And so the virginity episode. Mm-hmm. So Blair, like the person that played Blair was like crazy Christian. Yeah. 
Yep. So did she ever have any relationships on the show? Remember that. She, well, the thing is, because the, the character was kind of a flirt. And it was always yeah. like, that was her deal was always there. It was just, you know, I think they made a joke once that like, she made a joke that they're like, oh, men are like a box of Kleenex. What do you, you know, you take one out, you use it. And look, Girl. there's another one, you know, that was just sort of, you know. I mean, wow. that's, that's sex talk right there. Right. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. That's sex talk. <laughs> yeah, talk about Kleenex and men. If I've ever heard sex talk, that's it. That is it. So did you have a very vivid memory of this particular episode? Uh, the Jermaine Jackson one, not so much. The virginity one, I do remember. Okay. I, I, I do remember that. Because I remember they talked about I mean, they talked about it a lot. I feel like losing your virginity is a little more spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. And it always, though, in like 80s and 90s shows, yeah. it was always such a huge deal. And... Not necessarily for the guys, of course. You know, mm-hmm. because girls, you have to remain pure. It always but seemed very planned. Like, yes. there's a lot. And of- we have to make it perfect, mm-hmm. and we have to make it romantic, and we have to make all the things. And yeah, but Honey, that- that's not how it happens. Yeah, they're putting too much pressure on. Just yeah. be like, it's not going to be great. <laughs> no, and you're not going to feel good. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. No. It's not going to feel good. They no, don't cover really, that. any very special episode with with a uh, virginity thing, it should just be the. It'll get better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to suck the first time. It'll get mm-hmm. better. The first few times. It's... Yeah. You're not good at it. They're not good at it. Nope. No one knows yeah. what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. No. No. It's probably some jackrabbit sex. <laughs> 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 or a lot of the fingers. Isn't that, isn't that the, where they danced in Pulp Fiction? Jackrabbit sex? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's where they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, thanks for bringing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very special episode. Mm-hmm. Two. Two for the price of one. I have a lot yeah. of things to think about now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my next thing, that endured mm. from 1982. Mm. Endured to become better or not. I don't know. Uh, the first artificial heart Whoa. was implanted in 1982 in a Seattle dentist. Okay. Oh, they gave it to a dentist? Yeah. Oh, that's I a know. misuse. Spoiler alert, he only lasted 112 days. Oh, right. so, because he was doing cocaine so much after that. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think so. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he all dentists do. Or exactly. They're all yeah. running sex cults, yeah. dent, uh, cocaine yeah. cults, or crazy amounts of fraud. Yeah. Or they're in the insurrection. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Something. Yeah. Weird. Something about wanting to get involved with mouth stones <laughs> makes you crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so they put the first artificial heart in. Obviously, I th- was thinking when I first read this that, wow, we've come so far. Like, what a thing to have endured. But then there was an <laughs> article this week about putting a pig's heart in someone for the oh. first time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, have we come so far? Because the <laughs> artificial heart seems like maybe where we should focus and less uh-huh. on the pig heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't we have human hearts that aren't being used right now? I mean, people yeah. are dying. Yeah. <laughs> we got bodies every damn day. Where's those hearts? <laughs> organ donation commercial. Don't we have some hearts people aren't using? People be dying. Just go to a funeral home. You'll uh-huh. find some. Uh-huh. Get a heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So he lasted 112 days, and unfortunately, wow, he gave out after that. But they've advanced the technology all the way to pig heart. I was going to say, do we mm-hmm. use artificial? hearts anymore i don't think that that we do i think there's still a lot of science around it like they're trying to constantly create something Uh that they can you know so they were trying to turn us into robots in Mm -hmm. 1982 and it didn't work it didn't work well for a while i mean i'm sure they got that 90 day mark and they're like we're golden start mass producing these yeah sure and then day 112 somebody came in and was like hey (laughs) um we're gonna be in big trouble Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm because We just spent all that money and he died. Because mm-hmm. I, as it turns out, yeah, your body rejects non living things inside you. So, artificial hearts. I was trying to find a transition and there really is none. There so. is none. No, there is none. Nope. Are you so. going to talk about saddle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, VCRs were out what? at this time. Mm. And this year in 1982, the Motion Picture Association of America tried to outlaw VCRs. Because they were like, this is ruining, this is going to... Yeah, they were like, this is going to ruin the film business. This is, you know, this is copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. They were going that whole route. and oh But at gosh. this point, less than 10% of homes had a VCR. But the president or the of the organization 
was pushing hard. And I think there were a lot of lobbyists and stuff, too. And he testified before Congress. And one of the reasons I brought this up is because of the quote that he says. Oh, I just before you start, I just love that Congress is like, let's talk about VCRs. I know. Yeah. It feels kind of like the gas stoves moment uh-huh. of not too long ago. Like, yeah. why? 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 Yeah. But the MPAA president said, I say to you. Oh, no. Here we go. Oh, Buckle up. I say to mm-hmm. you is, mm-hmm. oh, boy. All right. I say to you uh-huh. that the VCR is to the American film producer and the American public as the Boston Strangler <laughs> is to the woman home alone. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's some schutzbach. <laughs> Why are we bringing serial killers and dead ladies into the discussion? <laughs> Who let him write his own remarks? Was there a writer's strike happening during this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I, 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 I would all, have never thought that someone would go there. <laughs> I had no idea that there was a, a campaign to outlaw VCRs. Yeah, know that. yeah. And then to say <laughs> that this is what's going to happen to our movie and TV film producers. It also feels like a low-key threat against women who live alone. Yeah. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, it's your fault. Women yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> you if lived alone and you got strangled. If they can, women can buy these VCRs, they're not going to need a man. They're exactly. going to be at home alone. Exactly. Yeah. So. If they're not going to get killed by the Boston Strangler, they're going to kill your film career. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, spoiler alert. Uh, this speech did not help. And oh, uh, VCRs were not outlawed. It helped yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they went on to create joy in so many homes, including mine. Mm-hmm. I loved RBCR. It just seems really short-sighted. Like you would yeah. actually be getting, like spreading that joy. Absolutely. And I think it took a while, but then they realized this is a huge money-making opportunity. Yes. You know, right. with like copywriting tapes and everything. And around this time, Betamax was actually more mm-hmm. uh, used than uh, VHS. And that quickly changed. But yeah, so around this time, everyone was really scared about it. But eventually it came on to, you know, be a thing. It feels like, yeah, did they just not feel like they had the copyright laws yeah. or what? I mean, you I know, they, like. I think they honestly felt, well, I don't know I what think, this guy was thinking. Yeah, but that like, guy, I, yeah. notwithstanding that, <laughs> no, <because laughs> we have to put him to the side. I think they didn't quite see how it would work. And they thought it would draw people away from theaters if mm-hmm. they didn't right. have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they thought, yeah, I mean, recording things, TV shows and movies off the yes. television was also was kind of stealing yeah. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which really, it's not true because every movie I recorded off, TV, mm-hmm. I then went on to memorize. So uh-huh. I watched it a shit ton. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, and most of those you at some point when you have disposable income, you end up buying or having exactly. your own. You know, those are the movies mm-hmm. now you buy on DVD. That's how they end up and enduring it, and lasting. Yeah. Right? It makes you a movie fan. It yeah. makes you want to go to movies and then have that movie at home. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just more opportunities. Yeah. And I mean, and obviously, you know, I mean they did figure out how to make money off mm-hmm. of it because, you know, that's how kind of blockbuster became a thing and that whole thing. And I know in the nineties, like when a movie would go to the theater and then it would get released on VHS, it was like a hundred dollars to buy a copy of it on VHS. Yes. Yeah. So like blockbuster and the movie rental places would buy all these copies and rent them. Mm-hmm. And then later it'd be cheaper for you to just purchase like a target or Walmart to take yes. home. And like we talked earlier about, Things lasted longer yes. in the in the eighties, and yeah. this was—I mean—the life cycle of a film was a lot longer. Like it would play in movie theaters, and then you know rentals, and then you could buy it and all this stuff. And now, like, movie comes out, you know, you hold tight for three weeks, and you can and you can a, yeah. you can get it for twenty dollars off, or it's digital. immediately on Netflix. Yes, yeah, yeah. but you're right. Like true. it would take forever for a movie to make its way to video, mm-hmm. let alone to you know where you could buy it reasonably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me this week that. Of uh, t- related to pop culture now that Netflix came out that they're going to open brick and mortar stores in 2025 yeah. and but not even necessarily to rent DVDs. It's going to be like themed things from Netflix original shows like like it's going to be a souvenir shop. Kind of like you can get merch. You could go like try um, food from some of their food shows. You could have like play Squid Game obstacle courses. What? <laughs> like from their popular things that were specific to Netflix, they were going to have like experiences. Like it would be 
like you would go out like almost like a, you know, like an activity date night type. And I'm like, I don't, that's where you went. You're like, Hey, things aren't going great in our company, but this is, this is our million dollar idea right here. You built yourself as being Netflix and chill. Mm -hmm. You, you actually actively made fun of Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. And now you want us to leave our couch Mm -hmm. and go do activities. Yeah. Gross. (laughs) An obstacle course. Gross. Do you know your audience? (laughs) Squid Game's not popular because everyone's like, I want to do that. Uh -uh. It sort of feels like it's this guy again, just being like, VCRs are taking over. Digital's taking over. Let's have an obstacle course. (laughs) The boss is Strangler. Yeah, let's do it. He's around the corner in the Netflix store. Oh, so I think we should all start our quotes from now on with, I say to you. (laughs) I say to you. That is great. (laughs) I say to you. Heath, you got a last one for us? Oh, you know I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I say to you. I say say to you. you. E.T. Oh, there it is. Okay, speaking of scaring the shit Uh out of Oh, Uh my God. That freaky little turd. So everyone knows E.T. is uh, one of Steven Spielberg's biggest hits. And according to Internet Movie Database, it was Drew Barrymore's fourth acting role. Fourth? Yeah. Fourth? I didn't know. I mean, like, this is the first one anyone really noticed, but yeah. I don't remember the other three. And her character's name was Gertie, but yep. the character was somehow not an 85-year-old person. I mean, I was like... <laughs> Yes. I thought, I mean, if I saw a picture of this and I was like, they were like, pick out Gertie, I'd pick out E.T. That's That looks like Gertie to me. Yeah. <laughs> so and I will say this, you know, kind of uh, jumping ahead a few years, that without this movie, her death in the film Scream would have seemed way less shocking. And for that, you know, I think we all owe E.T. a debt of gratitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that she went on to star in that scary movie because E.T. scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. He was an alien, you guys, you know? <laughs> like... He's not your friend. He's an alien. Aliens don't an come alien. here to, you know, yeah. network. They're mm. coming here to kill us. Uh, and I felt like his finger, that finger looked like it <laughs> stuck into the cigarette lighter of a 1977 Chevy Caprice. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, do you not feel pain? Because yeah. you're thinking on fire. In my research, I found that the movie studio kept E.T.'s appearance a secret before the movie came out. And I deeply understand why. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember very reluctantly going to see this uh, movie and my mom being annoyed that I was not having a good time because <laughs> oh. I was just like, he's gonna fucking kill us all. <laughs> so at this age, you had already uh, absorbed the message that aliens are bad. Yes, they I, are gonna I, you hurt were us. A fine purveyor of propaganda. Yeah. You were like, yes. they're trying to convince us yes. that extraterrestrials are okay. Yeah. But I don't remember the. Year, but there was that TV show, that miniseries V. Yes, where the aliens came and they turned out to be lizard people. They, yes, you know, and I was just yeah. like, they're up to no good, you guys. It was around this time, like yeah. maybe eighty, eighty one. Yeah. So yeah, my mom was annoyed. I wasn't having a good time. <laughs> you know, sorry, I'm not just sitting here while this creature from space plots the downfall of humanity. But mm. you know, by all means, enjoy the last movie you'll ever see, mom. <laughs> <laughs> It does. I mean, it turns out that I was wrong about E.T. wanting to hunt us for sport. Um, so I'll, you know, I'll admit that. Uh, to his credit, though, he did sell a lot of Reese's Pieces, which was good for the oh, economy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good for the economy. And good for me. Yep. I'm a fan. The movie yeah. had a lot of other merchandise tie-ins, too. There were bicycles and pajamas, um, Pepsi. action figures, Pepsi, mm-hmm. bubblegum, iron-on transfers, <gasps> which this is not a real thing anymore. But yeah, they had them then for E.T. Yeah. They put that little fucker on everything. Also, and I had heard about this before, but I read more about it this week. Uh, there was also an E.T. video game from Atari. And it's considered to be one of the worst video <gasps> games ever made because they kind of rushed through it. Um, it was rushed through development. And only half the $5 million, $5 million cartridges produced were actually sold. And so the rest of them ended up in a landfill in New Mexico where Atari buried their unsold video game cartridges and consoles. So, yeah, again... E.T. didn't come here with good intentions. <laughs> He's ruining the planet. That's so interesting that you were scared by E.T. Because I was scared by um, the government people that came and like encased the house in plastic oh, yeah, and yeah. put all the tunnels and were like test Like that shit scared <laughs> mm-hmm. me. And part of it is I didn't realize at the time, of course, but now we know that he, Steven Spielberg, filmed it at like eye level of kids. So it was like us looking up at these scientists and these, you know, government people and being scared out of our minds 
because they were scary. I'm going to hesitate to say this. Uh, oh, no. Uh-oh. Never seen it. <laughs> I get why you wouldn't want to. I just mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. it never mm-hmm. appealed to me. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah, I know. It's. I could. You could go with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys could watch it together. But I feel like in a way I have because so many of the scenes have been played yeah. or shown or, you know, like when you – I know I can picture E.T. I know mm-hmm. – you know, like so many of the plot points, I know the whole movie. I just know that I never saw it. Mm-hmm. It's okay. We forgive you. So I mean, Heath is probably proud of you yeah. for not you watching. You made the right choice. For resisting yeah. the mm-hmm. – Also, I really like the idea that you are maybe the only person we know – or that exists <laughs> that is anti ET. <laughs> it's amazing, actually. It's up yeah. to no good. Up to no good. <laughs> Alien shenanigans no is what I like to call it. <laughs> Alien tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 1982, I was scared all goddamn year. You were. <laughs> you were. You were just having bad experience after bad experience. This was a scarring year for you. Uh huh. Grew up way too soon. <laughs> well, yeah. that's thanks, the theme of this podcast. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. yeah. And Michael yeah. Jackson. <laughs> But that's a that's a movie that's endured too. I mean, that is like that's why I hesitate to say it out loud that I hadn't seen it because people are passionate. Uh huh. Okay. Um, I was trying to decide what I was going to end with, and I think I'm just going to end with the fact that heroin and cocaine, whoa, still endure. And, uh, <laughs> how's that for a transition? We're giving a lifetime achievement award to heroin. And cocaine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although well done, but I and for a reason because as much as I was afraid of Tylenol, I was also afraid because in my small child brain, mm-hmm. John Belushi died in 1982 yes. from a heroin cocaine overdose, and I remember later on as I sort of developed more into enjoying comedy, and I would watch old SNL episodes mm-hmm. and old like comedy specials, and I remember all this sort of talk around him about, you know, the excess and then dying from that. And then later on down the line when uh, Chris Farley. Yeah, Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened. And I remember that the way I processed that was like, oh no, you can just like fall into heroin and cocaine <laughs> so easily. Like this is around every corner. Uh-huh. I need to be my guard needs to be up and I need to be on high alert at all times. Uh-huh. And I didn't get that from Dare. No. I got that from John Belushi dying <laughs> mm-hmm. from an overdose of heroin and cocaine. Because I thought, you're so – in my mind as a kid, I was like, you're so wealthy. You have all these – that's what I thought. You have mm-hmm. all these opportunities. Like, how could this be happening? How could no one have stopped this? And that's when I realized you're out here on your own, people. Mm-hmm. People are going to let you burn out. And heroin and cocaine will always endure. They were just, they were right around the corner. Mm-hmm. They were just ready. They were in those candy bars at Halloween. They were in my <laughs> Tylenol. They were everywhere. And I needed to be on high alert all the time. It did feel like as kids during that time, we were given a lot of responsibility uh-huh. that everyone was supposed to be, everyone was going to be pushing drugs on us and we had to continually to say no right. and be prepared. Like I remember being coached to like have your story ready. Yes. Right. Have your, like, basically what we call now an elevator speech of why you're not going to do drugs. That's a lot of responsibility Uh for us. But also think back to, like, Aaron at, like, eight being like, I'm not going to because John Belushi died. Exactly. (laughs) What's wrong with you? I mean, that makes kind of sense for you. I do think, though, I mean, as young people, they also made it seem like heroin and cocaine would be around a lot more. Like, we would have much more access to it. I mean, I don't think I have access to it now. Mm -mm. I don't think so. Mm -mm. But somehow, yeah. Certainly not as heroin. children. No. We were supposed to. It was going to be around the corner. It was I feel ready. like I could make a couple calls and get my hands on some cocaine. Well, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> heroin, I feel yeah. like there might be yeah. a More bigger berries. ladder. Right. I mean, you know, you live in Norwalk, though. Yeah. So, oh, of course, yeah. there's cocaine They, they sell everywhere. it at Casey's. <laughs> <laughs> you get a big gulp and a line <laughs> and a piece of pizza. It's a Thursday special. And a lid that doesn't work. Never. Mm-mm. Never with the lids that don't work. So that was a scary thing, too. It was. It was just, I remember feeling like, oh, it can take anyone. I, I had somehow sort of separated the action. Like, I missed that part of Dare, right. apparently, where mm-hmm. there's, you know, the active participation. Mm-hmm. But it just seems so, like, yeah. prevalent. And It made it sound like you could be thrust into a world of drugs at any moment. Yes. yes. And then it you really would was. never emerge out of it. Mm-hmm. That yeah. suddenly you were going to be in an underground yep. cavern. With just more drug dealers and yeah. bad people. Yep. 
James Spader around the corner. Uh-huh, for sure. <laughs> From less than zero. <laughs> All right, I'm going to finish this off with another weird story. Oh, I love it. Love this is about story. a fella named Larry Walters. Ooh, hot. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. It gets hotter. Okay. Um, he used a lawn chair and weather balloons to ascend to 15,000 feet above ground. Oh. On the way up, he lost his glasses and BB gun, which he had planned to use to shoot the balloons to descend. <laughs> While landing. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was your whole plan. <laughs> yeah. It was a foolproof plan. He sounds like he might be a klutz. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually he lands. <laughs> And he caused a power outage and was fined $1,500. No. But Did the- he ever find his glasses? <laughs> <laughs> but maybe the best part is he said to the press after he landed, it was something I had to do. I had this dream for 20 years. And if I hadn't done it, I think, of what I-, I, think I would have ended up on the funny farm. <laughs> <laughs> So you have national attention, and you choose to use the phrase funny farm. <laughs> and also, this has been your dream for 20 years? Why? And why didn't you have a better plan of where and to Why didn't you have a BB plan? Gun. Right. You should have had a BB gun holder. Yes. You should have why built- wasn't it strapped to you? Yeah. And for 20 years, you used a lawn chair and balloons. Like, you didn't plan any further than this. How did he get down, though, if he lost, like- that is a great question that I did not include in my notes, I'm so I don't know. Just lost, like, uh, yeah, I probably just sort of started down and like <laughs> <laughs> the official noise of all balloons uh-huh. deflating. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. Yeah. So you think he's hot after that? Yeah. Yeah. Funny farm. Uh, oh. as, yes. <laughs> I've actually taken a hot air balloon ride, and I will tell Ooh. you that the whole thing does feel a little like there is no plan. Yeah. It's one of the more terrifying experiences yeah. I've had. I've, I've had to do that, too. Oh, right. you too. Yeah, and it's right. They're like, well, we're kind of going to land right. over here, and there's probably going to be a van to help us. What? Like, what? Yeah. When we did it, they were just like, well, they, they said they hadn't talked to the landowners. So they were just like, you know, we might need to hurry and get out of there if they don't, you know, if they're not happy that we landed in their field. What? <laughs> and it's just yeah. like, okay. Was it you and Michael? Yeah. It was a wedding gift. Oh, no. <laughs> that, you know, wasn't on our registry. Okay. <laughs> don't go off the registry. Don't That's the lesson off. there. Don't yeah. go off. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I, re- also, I distinctly remember doing it on an evening that we had been invited to do something else that I wanted to do. Oh, So man. I was kind of doubly annoyed mm. that we had to do it. But yeah, we had to meet like in the parking lot of a uh, closed restaurant on the south side of Des Moines and we had to ride with them in their van to like... This feels like a drug deal. Right. This feels like it a heroin and cocaine. Uh, and we were there with a couple that was like, we've tried to do this multiple times, but Obama's plane was flying over and... Oh, they, they shut- blamed Obama? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they had to shut down the airspace so they couldn't fly that day. This is our third time. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> and I was like... We were in it with, it was Michael and I and the pilot. I'm using air quotes. Okay. Everybody pilot. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then it was uh, two grandparents and their grandchilds. There were six of us crammed into this thing. And oh. we were like, we were like shoulder to shoulder. We were touching yeah. strangers. Oh, God. And it was just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's over. I got, I'm not, that's one thing I can say about it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love it. And we landed and then they're like, here's champagne and like chocolate covered cherries or strawberries or something. And I was like, I was so sweaty and like stressed. I was like, I don't. I'm going to puke this up. I would like to just return to my own space. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> sounds terrible. Yeah. I do remember driving home, too. And Michael, we, were, we had to go. We were going to get dinner. And he wanted He's like, well, there's that, that you know, this random Mexican place that like it just opened up. And I was just like, I have done too many new things today. <laughs> I need to eat somewhere where I am comfortable and familiar. Agreed. Like, understood. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Wow. This sounds terrible. I never wanted to do that. And I definitely don't mm-hmm. now. No. And I also will not be strapping balloons to my lawn chair. Good job. Yeah. If I do, I'm going to have a BB gun holder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell you, you that much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe a strap for my glasses. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he lost other things, you know, stuff from his pockets, his shoes. His wallet, his shoes, yeah. It's just things dropping. His marbles. <laughs> his marbles. <laughs> and 
What if the keys like, to the funny farm? What if you're in just like a lawn, like you know, somewhere, and you see something flying overhead, and then like nickels start like falling down? <laughs> Why would he? Have but then you're like what the fuck is that and then yeah you're, you're getting, like that's a guy in a lawn chair guy. <laughs> i'm sure the neighbors were just like oh god there's larry again yes <laughs> we're yeah because like, you there have to be test trends uh-huh yeah. and certainly he did other weird shit too absolutely you know yeah. his whole house is covered in tinfoil on uh-huh. the side <laughs> yeah. just wall to wall stapled yep. yeah well that's the story of larry walters get it larry he had get a good it. 1982 you know what I say to you, good job on achieving your dream. (laughs) And I say to you, listeners, that we've come to the end of another episode. We have. It's been great. It's been so good. Mm -hmm. We're so good at this. We're so good. Mm -hmm. And listen, we're cooking up some other stuff. We got some ideas for some holiday specials. Yeah. We got some ideas just during this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to give you our own very special episodes, maybe. That's not a bad idea. Also, next week, Jermaine Jackson will be joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Is he still alive? I hope so. Okay. (laughs) Otherwise, we're contacting the Uh dead. About to Uh look him up on Cameo. Uh He's going for 50 bucks. (laughs) So look forward to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And until then, see you later. Bye. (laughs) Bye now. (laughs) 